Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, Jeff Harding. Jeff, how are you doing today? I am exuberant with spring today. It's such a beautiful day. It is. It's amazing. And, and it's just a great time of year. So uh, I appreciate your exuberance with spring because I feel the same way. Well, and I, and it shows on your face, Kyle. You have that springtime well, glow. thank you. Thank you. Also known as sunburn. <laughs> it, a little. A little red. It doesn't take me very long. No. It doesn't take me long at all. Hey, today, Jeff, I want to talk yeah. about something that we, honestly, we haven't spent a lot of time on, but I think that oh. it's a pretty important subject. Okay. And that is our vision. You know, that is. That's something you really it's appreciate. A big one. It's a big one, right? And I think it's natural for many of us to worry about losing our vision, mm-hmm. especially, you know, as things get harder to read and yeah. it's it's just, you can't see quite as far as you could, especially as we age, we experience some of those things. And so we start worrying about our vision. Yeah. After all, uh, there are three leading causes of blindness in the United States, and those all three become very common as we age or become more common. I don't want to say they're very common, but they mm-hmm. become more common as we age. Those three things are cataracts, uh-huh. glaucoma, and age-related macular degeneration. Right. So I just want to touch really briefly on each one of those three things. Okay, great. And uh, kind of give a heads up on things that we should be watching for. Let's Let's start with cataracts, number one. The only way to cure a cataract, which is, incidentally, a clouding of the lens of the eye that impairs the vision, mm-hmm. the only way to cure that is with surgery, and the surgery replaces the bad lens and then puts in an artificial one. Right. Now, you probably know people who have had cataract oh, yeah. surgery. Have you had cataract no, surgery? Have you not. haven't, yeah. No. My dad had cataract surgery. Generally speaking, uh, the procedure is very safe. It's very effective. Uh, cataract surgery usually performed as an outpatient procedure requires only local anesthetic to numb your eye, and then uh, you're, you're on your way before you know it. Research shows that for most people, the only pre-op requirements are that you be free of infection and that you have normal blood pressure and a normal heart rate. And uh, it's, it's uh, you know, these day, this day and age, it's, it's pretty easy it's to get taken common. care of. Yeah. And, and people talk about their vision overall improving when they, they get the new lens, not just the, ca- the, the cataract being gone. but Right, right. So something, if, you, if you're uh, worried about that, if you feel like you're having some clouds, cloudy vision, get it checked out yep. because the solution is pretty easy on that one. Or else clean your glasses. Clean your glasses could be another, another uh, easy solution as well. <laughs> Number two, glaucoma. Jeff, more than 2.2 million Americans have glaucoma, but here's the kicker. Only half of them know it. Wow. Uh, it's it's uh, a disease that's hard to know that you have. That makes screening very important. Treatment, of course, is key because glaucoma can lead to permanent vision loss, but treatment, which often requires several different daily eye drops, can sometimes be expensive and a little complicated. Uh, glaucoma often goes undiagnosed because it causes really no symptoms until your vision declines. And when your vision starts to decline, it's kind of too late, Wow! which is why screenings become really important. And, and what is glaucoma? So uh, glaucoma is, um, oh, that's a good, that's a good question. <laughs> Sorry if I shared that there. <laughs> I think I deleted that uh, paragraph with the official definition of what glaucoma is. Um, what they're saying, though, is that people... Ages 40 to 60 should consider being examined by an ophthalmologist or an optometrist every two to, excuse me, every three to five years. And people, does, does Siri know? 
Tell, tell us what Siri says, Jeff. Well, Siri just gave me some stuff about tests for glaucoma. Yeah, that's what I got is a lot of testing stuff. Uh, they do say that people over 60 need an eye exam every one to two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to be on top of that uh, and, and make sure that you're going into your eye doctor and they can define for you what glaucoma is and explain exactly what it is. The last one, Jeff, macular degeneration. Uh, age-related macular degeneration, they say, is a leading cause of vision loss in the United States for people ages 50 and older. Uh, yeah. What it does is it damages the macula, which is the small area near the center of your retina, and that causes vision loss in the center of your visual field. Mm-hmm. So I, I know a couple of people who are dealing with macular degeneration, and that's exactly what they say. It's like mm-hmm. there's a kind of a hole right in the middle yeah. Not peripherally, but right in the middle, which makes it kind of a, a a problem. The advanced disease comes in two main forms. There's dry AMD, which is the more common variety, and that's treated mainly with dietary supplements. And then there's also wet AMD, which is the more serious form, and that requires monthly injections from an ophthalmologist with uh, one of three drugs. Uh, mm-hmm. Research funded by the National Institute of Health has shown that a very specific blend of vitamins and minerals known as AREDS, which constitutes uh, vitamin C and E plus copper, lutein, zeaxanthin, and zinc, that cuts the risk by about 25% that dry AMD will progress. Mm-hmm. A reminder, though, Jeff, uh, those supplements have only shown to help treat people that are already diagnosed with AMD. So taking those supplements won't necessarily prevent the disease, but it keeps it from getting worse. My mom is currently suffering from macular degeneration. Really? And Do you know with, if it's dry or wet? I, I, I'm not sure, but she said it's the less, the less, the lesser of the two, so it's probably the dry. So they're saying that dry is the lesser of the two. Right. Uh, the, like I said before, there are three drugs that they use to treat the wet AMD. Uh, the name brands of those drugs are Ilea, Avastin, and uh, Lucentis. They all work equally well in slowing vision loss. So, um, you know, you've got some choices there. The mm-hmm. difference is, is that Avastin costs about $50 a month compared with about $2,000 wow. a month for the other ones. So many experts recommend Avastin. The problem with Avastin, if there is a problem, is that it's really a, only approved for a certain type of cancer treatment and the dosage is connected to that cancer treatment. So if a doctor prescribes it, it has to be compounded. Mm. And uh, compounding is fine. There's a lot of great pharmacies out there that do compounding, but it does potentially um, raise the risk of infection. So you just want to be aware, make sure that your pharmacy, if it's a compounding pharmacy, is accredited by the Compounding Accreditation Board, and uh, then Avastin could be a, a real good option for you. So sorry told me what... what okay, uh, please is. inform us. It's, uh, it's damage that's done to the optic nerve known as cupping, and it, and it involves in abnormal pressure in ocular pressure. Okay, there you go. So the yeah, the test that they do uh, for glaucoma, I know, is evaluating that pressure. And then they also are recommending that you take a look at the optic nerve as well. So anyway, Jeff, do yes. you see how important caring for your eyes can be? I think I can. Did you see what I did there? I did. Did you, I, <laughs> did you see what I did there? I did. I did. Hey, today's guest is Mike Miller from the Utah chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. And we're I looking, think I can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're looking forward to learning all that we can about Alzheimer's and cognitive decline. It's such a big deal. As we hear so much about it, it's so prevalent. Um, whether we're affected by it directly 
uh, as patients ourselves, we're going to be affected by it by a family member because it is that prevalent. Mike, we're glad that you're here joining us today. Thanks for taking time and being with us. My pleasure to be here. Thanks very much, Kyle. So let's just start right at the very beginning, which is a very good place to start. Of course. As, as we learn in The Sound of Music. What is Alzheimer's disease? Let's just, let's just define it and get right into it. All right. Alzheimer's disease is a progressive disease, and it uh, works in the brain. And at present, there's no cure or treatment for it, so that's what makes it so so tough to deal with. And it's almost the, shh, I don't want to talk about Nobody this Nobody wants disease. to talk about it because it's hard to find hope, right? It, it, it's bad news. Yeah. We don't know what to do. Kind of like where cancer was 40, 45 years ago. Nobody wanted the C word right. for their diagnosis. Well, now it's kind of like Alzheimer's. Let's let's get by that. Well, and the great thing is, is that we've learned so much about cancer treatment. And, and while there isn't any one size fits all, there's a lot of good things that are going on out there with cancer treatment. We know that there's a ton of research that's going on right now about Alzheimer's as well. And we all have to keep our fingers crossed that we find some kind of a solution, whether it's a treatment or a prevention um, it's, it's a big deal. It is. And as you mentioned earlier, it affects the whole family and across America, there's, uh, you know, just under 6 million individuals with Alzheimer's disease. But guess what? There's three people serving as volunteer caregivers for those 6 million affected people. Yeah. And that's just the family members, the aunts, the uncles, the daughters. And that caregiving role is, is a monster because it's a 24 seven situation. Very, very difficult situation. So what are some of the signs that we should be watching for, uh, you know, watching out for in this pretty debilitating disease? What are we What are we looking for? All right, just a couple of highlights. One of the signs is challenges in planning or solving problems. And let's say uh, your grandmother has always had the favorite apple pie ready for Easter or maybe for Thanksgiving, and sure. she just makes it from scratch all the time. And now this year, she can't remember the ingredients or how to cook it. And you start to wonder, is grandmother okay? Something's not quite right not, there. Yeah, something different's going on. So yeah. that's a little telltale sign, challenges in planning and solving problems. So um, misplacing things or losing the ability to replace steps is another uh, key indicator. And, you know, you might f- forget something in a, and, and you wander off and you remember to go back and get it. You just about left the house without your purse or something. Right. Um, or you can't find your keys. But if you find your keys in the uh, refrigerator, that is a bad sign. <laughs> that is a bad sign. That's yeah. a very bad sign because uh, something's going on. That's not where they should be. Or perhaps your clothes end up in the microwave. You've thought that was the dryer all of a sudden. And those are just different behaviors. You've kind of lost track of what's going on and what things are supposed to be used for. And so you just kind of go into a little different mode of action. So I think that's worth just emphasizing really quick in that I mean, we all lose our keys. We all misplace them, you know. Or forget to take them as we're going or whatever. Yeah, we're busy. That's right. Everyone's put their glasses on the top of their head and asked their partner, <laughs> right. have you seen my glasses? We've all done those little slip-ups before. That's just mm-hmm. normal life. That's just we're busy. There's a lot going on. What you're talking about is really different than, than that. Like you said, you're, you're finding your keys in the refrigerator, your clothes in the, in the microwave. Those are bigger indicators than just, oh, oh no, where have I put my keys down? That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, some of those other issues you mentioned are just part of normal aging or part of being in in a busy life. Yeah. Um, Another good indicator is changes in emotion and personality. 
And as dementia and, and Alzheimer's disease go, goes through the brain, it, uh, it, it, it affects the ability to contain and, and manage your emotions. So um, you could just all of a sudden be laughing or having an emotional moment during a situation, and that wasn't like somebody's normal behavior. Yeah. So that's an early indicator that something's changing in the brain and we should have it looked at. And, you know, you see these signs or, 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 or some others, it's time to make sure your loved one goes and sees their um, general practice doctor, their family physician, and they ask for the uh, cognitive assessment. That is crucial because that's the first step to find out how is this uh, brain doing in this individual we're visiting with right now. And this is, again, this is something that you would just go to your regular, your primary care physician. You don't have to start off with a specialist. No, right. You, and most doctors are trained. They know what that, uh, what you call the cognitive evaluation, the cognitive test. They're, they're able to perform that. Is that done in a day or in an afternoon? What does that look like? What does that test look like? So uh, they can vary, but I, okay. but I know that they can give an individual a couple, three to four words, start out with the... Uh, conversation and then they'll ask the person those what are those words 15 minutes later okay they'll ask them about the day the month what time it is there's a clock test where they ask an individual to draw a clock and that means that big circle with the 12 numbers and yeah. then they say okay let's put 315 on there or 330 410 and those are just measurements of, of how well your brain is working and if if any of those signs come up on the negative side the next step would be a little deeper uh, analysis and possibly a referral to a specialist, but the family practice doctors are are often able to do this uh, initial test. We even have a smartphone app for physicians they can have right there that walks them through those steps. And um, I, I just learned last week that it's part of the protocols at the Intermountain Healthcare System. Somebody over sixty five coming in for their annual wellness check. It's part of that uh, process. Let's let's do the annual uh, cognitive assessment. I think that's great. You get your blood pressure. You you do whatever mm-hmm. blood work that you're doing. Uh, listen to the heart, and then also check the brain. It, you just bet. check where you're at. I think that's important. You're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with Alzheimer's expert Mike Miller. We're talking about Alzheimer's and the effects. Uh, some of the early signs that we may be looking for. Um, so as we said, there, there's no cure for this disease, and it can be pretty scary. Uh, some people don't want to talk about it, as we mentioned. Right, right. But why would someone want to get an early diagnosis? Early diagnosis helps in a lot of ways. It, it, uh, it gives a person a time to take a look at their, their life plan. And if, if they know they've got that diagnosis, changes are coming. So they should be looking at their uh, trust and will plans and access those while they've got their cognitive abilities and work with their financial planners and attorneys and, and make adjustments as necessary. There are uh, medical benefits they can access and uh, bring into the situation as well as looking f- in the future to a care plan and letting other people know that this is coming and let's not lay the whole burden of caring just on one person in the family, but let's spread it out between family and friends, maybe church members, community members in our neighborhood. And that means a lot because too many caregivers work this through by themselves. And they get burned out really bad. They do. And a caregiver much. that's burned out is not a caregiver. They're a patient. That's yeah. right. It's, it's tough. So finding out early on really is about preparation and understanding and then planning for the next steps. 
Yes, and then maximizing your life right now, too. Yeah. You might make some adjustments. Maybe you're going to retire early. You hadn't planned on, but it's time to do that perhaps now so I can make those uh, family visits and that vacation trip when I wanted to drive across the country. Yeah, while you're still able to re- enjoy recognize and, and enjoy it. You bet. So that's that's a little depressing. Let's be honest. That's not a lot of fun to talk about. And as you said, there's no there's no cure out there. But they're finding with all the research that they're doing that there are things that we can do to maybe either delay the onset or maybe even prevent. They're starting to starting to use those words in the research that they're doing right now. Yes, they are. What are some things that we need to be looking at so that we can potentially avoid some of the challenges with Alzheimer's and dementia? I I think your listeners are on the right track. They're coming out for senior games and active and being active in life is, is a real positive um, deterrent and and a way to prevent or lessen the chance of getting Alzheimer's. So that says, take care of your heart. All right. Recent evidence shows that uh, hypertension is a factor in bringing on Alzheimer's. So keeping your blood pressure below 120 is super important. So taking care of your heart and uh, watching your uh, blood pressure, really important. We, we've uh, talked a little bit about some of these cognitive declines and, you know, Alzheimer's and, and dementia on the show. Jeff, we, we've covered a lot of that. And we found every article that we find and all the information that we receive is that if you're taking care of your heart, by default, you're taking care of your brain as That's well. Right. Just yep. that concept of getting blood flow and oxygen and all those things, it, it makes a lot of sense, that connection mm-hmm. between your heart and brain. So as you said, participating in a sport, whether you're competing or just participating, if, if walking is your thing, if you like to run, cycle, swim, mm-hmm. any of those things can be very helpful in not only you know allowing you to, to have a strong heart, which is important, but also strengthening your brain and your mind. And again, potentially offsetting some of these effects down the down the road that we're dealing with as a society. So that makes you a bet. lot of sense. And you it doesn't bet. have to doesn't have to be a ton. Nope. Every little bit helps, you know, 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, ideally 30 minutes a day, but every little bit helps. Some is better than none. Is that, that's, would you say that? That's exactly right. And, and make it a regimen, make it part of your life, make an appointment to get out and exercise yeah. at 9.30 every day and or 5.30 as it warms up. So that's really important. So on the other side of the day, you want to get that rest. Yes. You know, when you're sleeping. I love my sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you're in your PJs today. I thought you had that kind of a <laughs> proclivity. Um, so catching Z's, that's, that's all about letting your body repair itself at night. And you talked about the eyes earlier, Kyle. As you're resting, your eyes are repairing from the day's work. Your, your brain is recalibrating. Your whole body is repairing itself. So a full night's sleep. Now, we don't define full for everybody, but you've got to be getting six, seven, eight hours of, of sleep if you can. Really helps you um, repair and, and rejuvenate for the next day. So that's critical. Everything that I've seen really recommends, like you said, seven to nine hours, uh, six to eight, somewhere in that range mm-hmm. there. And again, this is an area that we've done a little bit of research on, and we've just found so many studies that emphasize the importance of sleep because it's... It, there's a recharging that happens, and that's really important. I think I think you can't emphasize that enough. But also, when you're asleep, especially in REM sleep, your brain actually cleans out toxins and the plaques that they're finding in Alzheimer's patients. And that only happens during sleep. 
It doesn't happen during meditation. It doesn't happen while you're active, while you're running, while you're watching TV, while you're thinking happy thoughts. It only <laughs> happens while you sleep. And if you're not sleeping, if you're not getting that recommended amount of sleep that you really need, your brain is not cleaning out those That's toxins right. and they accumulate. So sleep is so, so vital. Very, very important one. We talk about that a lot, We Jeff, do. We do. But that's an important one. Definitely what else? Is. What else do we need to be aware of? What can we do to help avoid some of the long-term problems? So you want to manage stress. And as, as we age, we could be feeling stress about the future, our grandkids, our own kids, and, and, and things of that nature, even though maybe work may be behind us. You, you want to manage stress, and if, if you're feeling depressed or anxious about things or have other mental health concerns, really important to get in and see your, your uh, family doctor and get a little bit of an assessment. Those same kind of assessments take place in the mental health um, community where there's some early initial tests so we can diagnose what's going on. And so stress and management of that stress is really key. And then now just couple that with staying active, pursue social activities such as the senior games, getting out with others, being active in your neighborhood. Don't hole up as a hermit in your home yeah. and just read some books, but you know, force yourself to get out there and meet new people that keeps your mind active and your whole body moving. And it may not be your personality type, but if you want to live a little longer, it's a good thing to do. <laughs> you pick it up, right? right. Pick it up as go. a habit. That's another uh, area of study that we found a lot of information on the importance of being socially connected. Right. And again, they've done a lot of research on that. Surprising research that just finds so many health benefits. Things that you wouldn't necessarily think are connected mm -hmm. to being socially active are so good for our bodies. It's good for our immunity. It's good for our heart. It's good for... Uh, obviously, our brains and our minds. And uh, as you said, not everyone is an extrovert. Maybe that doesn't come easy to everyone. But even just saying hello to your mailman, exactly. smiling to people in the grocery store, all of those tiny little social interactions can add up and be yes. an important part of brain health. And again, potentially offsetting some of these long-term effects of dementia mm -hmm. and Alzheimer's. A lot of uh, a lot of value in staying socially active. So awesome. Well, we've got about a minute left, Mike. Anything else that you would share with people about caring for themselves or about the disease itself? I'll just close with three points. You obviously want to avoid the disease, so stay healthy and uh, follow the tips we talked about today. If you have the disease or are serving as a caregiver. I, uh, I'm sorry to hear that, but go to ALZ.org, our national website, for some great resources. And if you want to fight the disease, which I think we all want to do, come out and join us for the Walk to End Alzheimer's September 14th at Dixie State and, Oct and October 12th up at SUU in Cedar City. Those are our two walks. And if you're listening in other areas, we've got 600 walks across the country. Look for the Alzheimer's Association. Come out and walk. Help us fight the disease. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Local people can participate in either of those dates, September 14th at Dixie State University, October 12th at Southern Utah University. But again, if you're listening outside of the area, there are so many great opportunities to get involved, help with fundraising, volunteer in this area. Again, this is a disease that's going to touch all of us in one yes. way or another. Let's figure it out. Let's work together and figure it out. You got it. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your expertise and your time, and uh, we look forward to having you back another time. Great. I look forward, and thank you very much. Awesome. Jeff. Yes. 
I talk about this every week, but I'm going to talk about it again because it's important. And we want people to remember it. We do. Registration for the Huntsman World Senior Games is open. It opened on March 1st. We already have nearly 3,500 registered participants. Which is a lot. Which is a lot, especially this time of year. If you're interested in being part of the Huntsman World Senior Games, and we hope that you're interested. If nothing else, just to avoid Alzheimer's. Well, there are some real benefits there from the activity to the social aspects. There's a lot of really good things going on there. Put it on your calendar. Use that as motivation to help you really live the active life this year. It's very easy to register. Visit SeniorGames.net. Click on Register. The process is very simple. It's fast. It's secure. And before you know it, you'll be ready to become one of our more than 11,000 athletes who plan to compete this year in the Huntsman World Senior Games. The dates that you want to put on your calendar for the 2019 Huntsman World Senior Games are October 7th through the 19th. So put that on your calendar and then uh, get registered and plan to be a part of it. That's right. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. And, of course, as you know, you can also subscribe to our podcast anywhere that podcasts are found. That's anywhere. Including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Once you've subscribed, give us a rating and write a quick review. You can really make a difference in helping us spread the word. You can also find this as well as previous shows right on our website. Again, that website is SeniorGames.net. So check it out. Jeff. Yes. Our inspirational quote for the day. I'm ready to be inspired. Well, this one will inspire you. This is a good one. The key to success is to focus on goals, not obstacles. That's true. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone.